Hi, my name is Jonathan Lobato. And I'm Renee Lobato. And this is the Above Average Podcast. Our mission is to create a space for conversations that move us away from settling for an average life on our own and moves us towards a purpose-filled life with Jesus. We may not have all the answers. Actually, we definitely don't. But we hope by sharing what God teaches us, you can find encouragement to take that next step no matter where you are in life. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you'll stick around. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Above Average. If this is your first time listening to us, we are on episode two. Uh, We hope that you go back and check out our first episode. Um, But if you are checking us out again, uh, we're glad you're back. Uh, That means that you liked episode one and and you you want some more of Renee and I. Um, But we are so happy that, um, you know, we, we can keep making these episodes. And honestly, we're so thankful for the feedback that we received yeah. from from um, people all over um, and in different forms too, which has been really awesome. Um, but yeah, it's blessed me so much and it's been really awesome just to hear how it's been blessing other people. So I'm just glad that God's been able to use this podcast for, you know, what we felt like its purpose was and is, and we're so excited to just keep going. Um, I don't know, babe, if you want to kick off some thoughts on that. Yeah, I'm just excited to keep going for sure. Um, I think that the first episode was like a month ago now, so um, I'm excited to just kind of pick it up and uh, and get some momentum going and get in a routine um, or like a rhythm and uh, get some get some thoughts out there for people to listen to and hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully learn from or just, I don't know, be helped by or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm just excited. Yeah, I am too. I will say um, it is harder than it looks to just converse. Like, yes. We'll be having conversations in the car, and, and I'm like, yeah, we could be, be podcasting right now. <laughs> this and, would be great for the podcast. But then, then we sit down with a mic in front of us, and we're like, uh, uh, what do I say? Do I know you? <laughs> um, no, we're good. <laughs> but, babe, why don't you tell our listeners what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah. So today's episode is called Am I Enough? Mm. And the idea is to kind of just talk through some questions that... Um, can kind of hinder our faith and our growth um, as far as how we relate to God and um, whether we're, we don't know God yet or whether you know God and are uh, battling with some like insecurities or thoughts of like yeah. um, inadequacy within your relationship with God. Um, and then hopefully we'll get to some kind of takeaways or application that yeah. um, we can share with you guys. I mean, this is something, it's not something that we're perfect at at all. Um, it's not something that we've like fully conquered this like idea of questioning our like value or, our, or if we're enough, but, um, it is something that we've both gone through. So hopefully we can share some thoughts about how we've seen it play out in our lives. Um, but also just some thoughts of like what we feel like God has shown us as we've, um, grown in our faith and I don't know hopefully those thoughts can be helpful for people um, who are listening I know it's it's not a question that like is typically kind of asked um, I don't know out loud like I'm one I wonder if I'm enough today you know what I mean but like I think in our heads and in our hearts a lot of our um, kind of turmoil or like insecurities and things that can hold us back yeah are really rooted in that question of like your worth and your value and whether or not you're enough. Um, and there's a lot of directions that you could go for that. Like, am I pretty enough? Am I 
man enough? Am I smart enough? Am I strong enough, successful enough, whatever? But mm-hmm. um, ultimately, like, we just kind of want to talk about that root question of, like, am I, as, a, as I am right now, am I enough um, for God? Am I doing enough for God? Like, what do I do um, if I'm feeling like I'm not enough? You know, so that's kind of our plan for today. Um, so let's start out with that first question. Am I enough for God? Am I enough to start a relationship with God? Um, it's a question that I think I didn't really wrestle with a whole lot being that, like I shared on last episode, um, I decided to follow God when I was like four or five. So I didn't really have a lot of time to wrestle with this question before I made that decision. Um, but I want to kick it off to you and ask you if this is something that you felt like was a question that you wrestled with before deciding to follow God or, um, in your thoughts of like whether or not you wanted to make that jump. Yeah, that's a, um, yeah, I could definitely talk to that. I, um, well, spoiler, spoiler alert, Mm -hmm. excuse me. Um, you are enough. Uh, I'm looking at Renee. Renee is enough. I'm (laughs) enough. Uh, anyone who's listening is enough. Um, but in that case w- you don't make it to the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, TLDR. Too long didn't read yeah. or too long didn't listen. Yeah. Um, but I, I will say that that was definitely uh, a question that I wrestled with a lot. Is it a question that I openly asked myself or would say out loud? Absolutely not. But mm. um, I really appreciated you kind of acknowledging that that's something that, um, you know, we still kind of work, we're, st- we're working through and we're, we're still, we still see in different aspects of our day or our life whether that's work or in friend groups or even at church Mm -hmm. um in our marriage in our marriage yeah yeah. and you know (laughs) for before i was saved there was really a lot that i wrestled with in regards to my identity and figuring out what my worth was um last episode we kind of broke into um broke down our testimonies a bit and you know, for me, the, the biggest struggle I had before I was saved and even during um, that first year of being saved or first year and a half was my addiction and struggle to pornography, my addiction um, to uh, things that made me feel good temporarily. And I placed a lot of my value in these things. And so when I was feeling good, I looked at myself as somebody who was good and when I didn't have those things, I questioned who I was as a person and what my worth was. And so I would look at myself and I'd be disgusted with myself. I would look at myself and I would think that I was too broken or too far away from um, being somebody that was quote unquote Christian, you know, and what did that look like? And, and for me, like having my brother in my life, uh, there was this constant comparison of I could never be like him. Uh, look, he's like dedicating his time to his church. He's dedicating his time to prayer with his friends. What am I doing with my life? And, mm. you know, I was entrenched in multiple different addictions. Um, and because of that, I felt like uh, it was either what I was stuck in or nothing. And so I constantly questioned uh, if I could ever break free from this life that um, I didn't know it at the time, but life that where I was running in circles. And so, yes, I, I definitely questioned a lot of my worth and a lot of my um, identity and the things that made me feel good in the moment and not yeah. the things of 
of God, which we'll definitely get into. But um, I hope that kind of answers that question. Yeah. I don't know if there were. Yeah, I mean, I have kind of a follow up question. Do you feel like um, do you feel like there was times where you felt like you weren't enough for God? Like God looked at you and was like, eh, he's not like not good enough to like join like the faith or like not not what I'm looking for type of thing. Uh, absolutely, yes. Um, I, I definitely felt I was too far away from ever being, I don't know, okay, so like my perception of faith and Christianity and Christians were was um, that like these are polished people, you know what I mean? Like right. these are people that will never make mistakes. These are people that are perfect. Um, these are, yeah. <laughs> so, so false. <laughs> so far away. Uh, but that was like, and I think that's what a lot of like yeah. unbelievers' uh, perceptions are. And when I say unbelievers, it's just those that don't know who God is, those that, you know, maybe you've gone to a church once, or maybe you have a perception of church that is negative. Um, I get it. I've been there. Um, but I always thought that if that's what it meant to be a Christian, then God is not going to accept me. God is not going to take me. Like, look at all the things that I struggle with. Look at all mm. the things that. Um, I choose to indulge in, like, look at all these, um, and I say friends, but what I mean is just like these, like there were people that I would hang out with and like priorities were very different from what, you know, again, looking at a Christian would, would want in, in life, mm. you know? And so, um, I, I felt like there was too much mess in my life. There was too much uh, dirtiness in, yeah. in what I chose to, uh, you know, again, sound like a broken record player, but like indulge in. And uh, it was something that I would say for a decade or so was my life, you know? And so how can I look at that and say, I'm going to walk away from that. And, you know, God is going to be okay with that. Like I've spent most of my life at this point doing all these things that I like doing because I did like doing it and I, I wanted it and I, yeah. I was, you know, addicted to it um, for a life that like I didn't understand. Life that if it meant letting go of the things I wanted to let go of, like, could I really do that? Yeah. Um, and then looking at God and saying, like, does he even want me? Like, mm. look at where I'm at and trying to, you know, understand how I could look at myself in two, three years and, and actually see someone different. And I think like the biggest thing was I would have, I, I think we all want this, you know what I mean? Like think about going to the gym or think about learning a new skill. Like I think most of us would probably want to have a hundred percent confirmation that there is like a finish line that we'll yeah. see ourselves. That it was all going to work out. Exactly. And yeah. so I not having that felt like, it was too risky to let go of this life that yeah, was, I, jump. was I happy with it? No, but mm. I was comfortable in it and it's all I knew mm. and it's all I wanted. And I wasn't sure if God was truly going to accept me and take care of me if I decided to walk with him. Um, and I'm saying this now, like retrospectively, mm. you know, in that time, I'm sure I had a lot more reasons and I think they were more selfish and more self desired. Um, but I, I didn't, deep down felt that like I was too far away from ever being saved or, or living this quote unquote Christian perfect, like this perfect Christian life yeah. that, um, I had no, no clue about, you know? And so, um, yeah, it definitely felt, um, 
felt it was like a mix of like that feeling and definitely like this is too risky for me to sure. want to do you know yeah yeah absolutely um I think well thank you for sharing that first of all but I think that um that's pretty consistent with some of the things that I've heard too from different people who've maybe come to know God later on in life or um you know struggled with this question and many other questions leading up to them deciding to follow God and um you know this idea of like I've I've done too much for God to want to accept me or love me. Um, like I'm too broken or I've, I've gone too far. Like it's, you know, he doesn't want me back now or, um, I'm too far away. I can't get back now, which is just not true. Um, or like you said, like I could never be like the Christians I know, like they're, they're living that life. I just could never get there. Um, or even like I've heard some insecurities around, faith because people don't feel like they know enough about the Bible or don't know how to pray or have never been to a church and they feel like they're going to be like the the weird one like that you know is not sure how to be at church and um or they're maybe afraid that they won't be accepted in a church which is a whole other conversation kind of but like which is like you know a more sensitive topic but um it's a genuine fear like that some people have that I don't I don't want to approach faith because I feel like those Christians aren't going to accept me mm-hmm. um or a big one too is like I have too many doubts I have too many questions about God um that I need to have you know answered or I, I would need to um I would need to not doubt so much in order to like you know be ready to take that step um and I mean it's these are all very valid questions and I think it makes sense that these come up in uh, the hearts and minds of people who are maybe searching or on the fence about God um, or who are trying to figure this whole like God thing out maybe for the first time. It makes sense that these things would come up. They're very like, it makes sense. Um, But at the same time, like we know that the Bible has so much to say about these things. And I feel like my head is like spinning right now with like, different stories and verses and things that apply that um, can kind of quiet some of these doubts and remind us of like what God is truly looking for and um, what we've kind of created in our own minds of like what we're assuming that God is looking for or what we're assuming we need to look, how we're assuming we need to look um, in order to be a Christian or in order to join, like be a part of like the Christian faith. Um, So that being said, like what, what does the Bible say about these things? Like, what does the Bible say about these questions? Um, these doubts, um, one of the stories we wanted to talk about, which, um, I'll let you kind of get into is the story of Moses, um, and kind of what his journey with God looked like and how this kind of played out in his life. So the story of Moses is actually a really good one. Uh, if you want to read more about the story of Moses, it's an Exodus. It starts in chapter two. Uh, and essentially what the story of Moses is about, it's obviously about Moses. Uh, and he was somebody who was born into a Jewish family. So he was Jewish, um, but they had a, uh, under Egyptian rule though. They were under Egyptian rule, the Israelites in this time. Um, and there was a decree that if there were any infants two years or younger, they would kill him. And so when, uh, Moses's mother could obviously not hide him anymore, um, she hid him in a basket um, made it waterproof with uh, tar and pitch, and then she set him into the Nile River along um, a bank. And 
the, the Egyptians ended up finding him. And it actually ended up being the, the family that was ruling over Egypt. Um, the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh. And so Moses lives most of his life as an Egyptian. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't up until many years later where he realized how hard, and because they were ruling over the Israelites, they were treating them as slaves, making them work. For, well, forcing them to work, yeah. And um, Moses one day saw like how poorly these people were being treated and saw one Egyptian just beating down on this man. And so Moses helped this man and fortunately killed the Egyptian. Um, but the following day, uh, he saw two Hebrews fighting and questioned them as well. And he uh, asked them why they were fighting and they had called him out and said, you know, who are you to call, rule over us? Are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian? And that, that caused fear to set into Moses. So he runs away into the land of Midian and remains there for 40 years, becomes a shepherd. Um, and so much time has passed that the, uh, the king of Egypt, so the Pharaoh, had passed away. But even at that point, his people were still being ruled over and treated poorly and awfully and and so god you know god said it's time to act and you know if we pick up on exodus 3 uh we talk uh get into moses and the burning bush um and essentially what ends up happening here is uh, moses is taking care of his flock and um, he led his flock far into the wilderness and came to sinai the mountain of God. Um, so I'm already I'm reading this. Um, it's Exodus three, verse two. Um, there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement through the bush. Uh, though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him. From the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. If I heard a bush talk, I'm out of here. Like, I'm running. I'm, pick, take off my sandals and I'm booking it. Um, do not come any closer, the Lord, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals. Oh, there we go. Uh, you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of, su- of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians, lead them out of Egypt and to their own fertile and spacious land. Um, and, you know, God continues to talk about how the land is flowing with milk and honey. And so, like, this just sounds like, a beautiful promised land that God is wanting his people to be uh, to be in. Um, and so he goes and commands him now, go for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God. And so like kind of stop in there, right? Like he realizes it's God talking to him. And what mm. is the first thing he does is like looks away in fear and in shame, like mm. already not feeling worthy of God's, uh, one, God's presence, but two, like not feeling worthy to even like look in his direction. Mm. And now God is commanding him. Well, one, he's stating like, 
my people are hurting. My people are struggling. Like I'm hearing their cries and I have a land that I am promising them to have. Uh, and Moses is tasked with doing the part that requires him to confront Pharaoh and pull his people out of um, Egypt. And then Moses protests and he says, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And so he's already questioning his qualifications yeah. to, to, to lead. I mean, this is a big task. Like I, I, I will be honest, like if God had tasked me with that, I mean, like I already said I'm running away, so <laughs> I don't know. As soon are as we, the bush is yeah. talking, you're already gone. Are we having this conversation? You, you know didn't even I mean? get to this part. But I think so often, like how many times in our day, like think about like this is so long ago. And how many times are we in situations where we're questioning whether or not we're qualified to do something, whether it's work, uh, whether it's a presentation we're about to give, whether it's consoling a friend that is dealing with some hardships or, um, you know, whether it's at church, am I worshiping as, as loud as the next person or am mm -hmm. I praying enough or am I in the word enough or, um, you know, what am I doing with my life that like, you know, there's so many things that make us disqualified to do what God calls us to do, you know, and, um, and so Moses is here doing the same exact thing that we do every single day. But God answered him and said, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. So God's not saying like, hey, I'll wait here. You know, like, let me know when you're done. Like, I'll see you in like, you know, a, a couple of years. It's you know, God is with with him. You know what I love about that? Sorry to interject. No, that's okay. So the first question that he asks is like, who am I? Like, who am I to do that? Like, you've got the wrong guy type of thing. <laughs> and God doesn't start by saying like, you are good enough. You're smart. Like, you got this. You can do it. Like, he didn't even start with the word you. He's not even addressing Moses' question really. He's yeah. just like, I will be with you. Yep. Like, that's what matters. Like, whether or not you are qualified for this, like, you might be or you might not be. Like, it doesn't even... That's not even the point. Like God redirects his attention to himself, like to God. And he redirects Moses's attention back to himself and says like, this is the true answer to your question. If I answered your question with like, you're good. Like you got this, you can do it. Like you'll figure it out. Like that would not have provided truth or any encouragement to Moses that he needed, desperately needed to answer this call. Like what he needed in that moment was for God to say, the, the ultimate truth that mattered the most, which was, I will be with you. Right. Which also, like, remembering that this is the Old Testament, which me which means that, like, that was not, um, like, we have different access to God now as people who are living after Jesus, after Jesus' sacrifice that opened up this relationship, this opportunity for a relationship with God in, in freedom and under grace. Um the Jewish people in this time in the Old Testament were not living in that way. Like they weren't able to approach God in that way. So they didn't have the ability to like enjoy God's presence close to them like that in the same way. The temple right. to approach the most holy part of the temple, like only one priest could do that um, right. to enter the, the place where God's presence dwelled. And like, um, I'm, just, I'm skipping ahead, sorry, but um <laughs> All of that to say that it's just like, it's a beautiful thing that God gave that promise and spoke that back to Moses' question. 
Uh, instead of starting with like, you are blah, blah, blah. He started with like, I will be with you. Right. Um, that's why like you can do this. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, I, I, I like that so much. Um, I'm thinking that too, like, I mean, he's just continuously protesting God. So like, if God, well, God doesn't need to validate those things, you know, like, who am I to, you know what I mean? God is, it's, it's through him that we're able to do what he asks us to do, you know? And mm-hmm. in this case, the same thing goes for Moses. But, like, even then, like, he still is protesting. And he says, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to, to you, they, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? So, like, mm-hmm. it's all these, like, what ifs. Like, I can't do it. But also, like, what happens if this happens? Or, like, you know, like, just already disqualifying himself and just telling himself, like, like, I won't be able to answer their questions or yeah. their, like, you know, hesitations. And and specifically for that question, like, for God to say, like, you know, for Moses to be like, who am I, blah, blah, blah. And then God says, well, I will be with you. Then Moses is co- Moses comes back at him with, like, well, who are you? Like, yeah. who, do, who, who, what do I, who do I say is talking to me, is telling me to do this? Like, who are you? You know, what does that mean for me if you say, I will be with you? Yeah. And as simple as can be, uh, he just says, I am who I am. Um, which, you know, it's even for myself, it's like, what, yeah, you know, what does that mean? but you know, he continues, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And he also says, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit more about that name. I am because it can definitely be confusing. Um, and so I read up on it a little bit, and essentially that verb, that that phrase that he used when he said, I am that I am, and tell the people that I am has sent me to you. Um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it essentially is the name Yahweh. Um, and it's the only time that God reveals his personal name for himself. And it's normally translated, I am, or I will be. And um, there is some, like, there is a way to... Um, interpret it and not interpret it there's a way to understand it um, that describes God's self-sufficiency like he wasn't created and he wasn't he's not being supported or sustained by anything else but himself so he just is he's um, self-contained almost like he's sustaining himself but the um, almost more in I think more intentional it seems like from the people who um, you know put together some good study on this phrase the more the more intentional meaning behind that is the idea of God's presence being with the people um and I love this uh paragraph in this article that I was reading um on this on the name of I am on the meaning of I am who I am it says indeed the Hebrews languishing under the whips of their oppressors did not need to know simply that God exists they needed to know that he was present with them and that is precisely what God announced to Moses and memorialized in his name Yahweh as defined by this verb. Wow. So I just think that's so beautiful. And like um, the the name Yahweh, like many Orthodox Jews won't even say the name out loud or write it um, with all of the letters because they just consider it so sacred. Um, so it's just it's really a beautiful like moment for him to declare who he is. Um, and if we think about like God in all of his power and his sovereignty and his might, 
he could describe himself any way he wants. Like mm. he could describe himself as like, I am the mighty, like, I don't know, judge or uh. like the mighty, you know, like f- finality. Like I, I am the final say I have my way. Like, you know, you guys are nothing compared to me type of thing. Like, and he would like be justified in saying that about himself in some ways. Um, but he doesn't choose to describe himself that way. Like he chose to describe himself to Moses and to have Moses describe him to the people as a God who is present with them and sees their suffering and is going to do something about it. I just think that's so beautiful. Yeah, that's uh, one really great breakdown of, of that name. Cause like, it's something that you could easily just look over and be like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I am cool. But like there's power and yeah. meaning and, uh, to us, it may be simple, but like, you know, there's there's purpose behind saying right. that, you know, and kind of going back to your point of like, he could have said all these things or described himself and all these like use whatever adjective he wanted, but it's, I am, you know, mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. Um, and you would think hearing that and you're like, all right, cool, like, let's do this. But he's still Moses still pro- protested. Moses still questioned God. Moses still questioned himself. Uh, and went on to ask, like, what if they don't, they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Um, and just constant questions about, you know, what if, what if, what if? Right. And the Lord asked him, what is in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied, and told Moses to throw it down. And I feel like this part, like, this is another part that could be overlooked, but like, God could have easily just been like, you know what? I'm going to go find somebody else. Mm. But he knew it It wasn't a coincidence, you know, that Moses was adopted into this royal family, the Pharaoh of Egypt. He knew going back that there was purpose in who he was. And instead of saying, uh, you know what? Like, I'm done with you. I'm not going to, like, convince you. He, and this is how like loving God is, is that he told him to throw his staff down and his staff turned into a snake. And he's just trying to just little taste of like who God is. And it's just like, all right, like here, see it. And not because he felt like he needed to, but just needed Moses to see that there is a reason why I'm showing you this. Because it's not anybody else that's going to get this done. It's you. You're the person that is going to get this done. And so continuing from that, uh, Moses obviously got scared. (laughs) And tells the Lord tells him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses did, and it turned back into a shepherd's staff. Perform this sign, the Lord told them. Then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, really has appeared to you. So then God continues to show Moses a couple of different things, and uh, Moses still is not convinced that he is qualified to go. Mm-hmm. And he says, oh, Lord, I'm not very good with words. Um, I feel that, Moses, I'm not either. Um, I have been, and I'm, uh, I have never been, and I'm not now. <laughs> good example. Just, yeah, I see what I mean. <laughs> and though you have spoken to me, I get tongue-tied and my words get tangled. Same. <laughs> then the Lord asked Moses, who makes a person's mouth? Trick question. Who decides whether people speak or do not speak? Um, Hear or do not hear? See or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. 
I will be with you as you speak and I will instruct you in what to say. Mm. And uh, come on, Moses. And he goes ahead and says, This one kills me. Lord, please send anyone else. <laughs> he's like, every question yeah. that he's asked <laughs> has been like refuted by like God repeating, like, I will be with you. It's going to be me. I'm doing it. Like, and then finally, after like four or five different times of like Moses asking and questioning what's happening, he finally just says like, please, anybody else, please just don't let this be yeah. my job. Like, but I get that. I feel like I would probably be the same way. And yeah. that I don't, I feel like, I don't know what, I don't even know if I would have gotten to this point, part. I think yeah. I would have like probably been too afraid. I've already ran away. Right? Yeah, right. You already I, I think took you might your make sandals and bailed. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would definitely say the same thing. I'd be, please, please, yeah. anybody else. I don't think this that is for me. actually reminds me of um, this story. Uh, when I was, I, I used to be a shift manager at Starbucks and um, I had already like knew how to, open and close the stores like I knew it like the back of my hand and I was very good about it and I remember this store uh cause essentially like you don't work for one Starbucks like if they need a shift manager if they need a barista like they'll send you wherever and so like mm. I felt very confident and comfortable in my store and I was asked to go to a different store and close and for some reason I had no confidence in myself and I started questioning, I felt like Moses, like I'm questioning all these things. Like, I don't know, I don't know how to wait. What happens if this happens? Like, I don't know this mm -hmm. store. Like what happens if I need more of the, this type of drink or whatever the case may be. And um, I said, no, I said, no. And it was an even uh, like, okay, no worries. It's like, they really need somebody. We have, we had, there were two shift managers um, and one of them was training me and she could have closed the store and I could have gone to the other store. You know what I mean? And I just refuse, refuse, and refuse because for some reason, despite having confidence in, in that one store, like I didn't believe in myself to go do that same exact thing in a different store. Mm -hmm. um, and the big difference in that time was I didn't have God. And I wonder if today, like if that was me in that situation, I would know that it's not me doing that. It's, it's God that's with me that's doing that. And I know it's like maybe a stretch of an example, but like... No, but even if you went and did mess up or did get confused or scared or whatever, like in trouble for doing something wrong, like God would still have been with you yeah. and he still would have helped you figure it out. But for me, like it stopped that I can't do it. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't have anything else to keep me going, you know? And so, um, and it's kind of like Moses and like, for those that are curious, you know, like he does, he is responsible for pulling these people out of, of Egypt. Yeah, ultimately he does. It does happen. Yeah, and God does provide like, I mean, this amazing rescue yeah. for for the Israelite people. And the crazy part is Moses' obedience. How old was Moses? Eighty. I think eighty. Yeah. yeah, like an eighty year old man at this point, doing all that, you know, uh, and like think about like where we're at. You know, a lot of us are at. We're we're still living our lives. Maybe you are eighty, and you're questioning like <laughs> if you could still have fun and live your life like. You're listening to podcasts. You're cool yeah. if you're 80. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think this is just a testament to um, God doesn't need you to be anything more than what he made you to be. Yeah. And he could have easily gotten like a warrior or a soldier or somebody who had a high, like somebody who, while Moses at one point did have like high status and he was 
part of the royal family, if you will, uh, he could easily got somebody in that situation to listen to. So the like Israelites could listen to them. But no, instead, he got somebody who had ran away from his past, essentially. Mm. And how many of us do that? How many of us are continuously running away from these things and um, question, you know, can I ever do good again or can I ever do something uh, to this capacity? But, um, you know, how many of us, you know, constantly feel like because of where we come from or what we've done or, or who we feel like we are, like God won't take us. God won't accept us as his own. Yeah. But, you know, who the sun sets free isn't free indeed. And with that comes calling, with that comes purpose, and with that comes clarity. And so, you know, I, I think like Moses is just one of many incredible stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things Mm -hmm. uh not because of who they are but because god sees them as he sees them and calls them for what he wants them to do and Mm -hmm. wants them to live out yeah i think it's um it's really encouraging just to read through this story um but there you're right there are so many others um i mean we can look at the disciples we can look at parables that jesus taught like just all these different stories of people who um had a lot of reason to kind of doubt whether or not they were good enough um, or whether or not they were who they needed to be to obey God or follow God. Then ultimately recognizing like that their identity and their value and who they are comes can come from God and it does come from God. Um, but if they just can switch their mindset to believing who God says that they are instead of believing in their own doubts. And if we can just do that, if we can just shift our mindset um, towards what God thinks about us and believe, start believing like what God says about us um, and shift our mindset away from like these doubts and these questions and all these reasons that we have to like keep us from God. Um, we can see like what God will do with that and what God's plans are for us. And if you don't know God yet and you are are unsure of whether or not you want to follow him because you're not sure if you're good enough or if you're too far gone or you have all these reasons stacked up against you, um, we can see in the Bible, like, God is not looking for somebody who's perfect. Like, he's not looking for somebody who is all put together. Like, thank the Lord that he's not looking for people who are all put together because I would not be on that list. Like nope, none of us would be. Yeah. We would be like so far gone because it's just not, um, it's not possible for us as humans, first of all, to be perfect. Um, but ultimately it's because God shows his strength through our weaknesses. And there's a verse in Second Corinthians that says like, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect through weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power can work through me. Um, and I just think that's so beautiful because like it's clear that God is looking for people who are willing and are able to be humble in his presence and recognize who he is and accept that he is our creator and he is the one who who designed us. And so if we are searching for our identity it's found in him. And it makes me think of the the Devo we just read, babe. Like we read this Devo on identity before we started our podcast just now, before we started recording. 
and um, it was so beautiful. It was talking about how, you know, we we can tend to take people's criticisms or their compliments and attach them to our identity and create our own identity surrounding what other people think, um, whether it's good or bad. Like they might say like that you are, uh, that you're not a good friend or that you're, um, you're lazy. Um, or they might say like that you're a hard worker and that you are kind and um, that like whatever, you know, that you're good at your job or something. Um, and we create our own identity surrounding those things. Um, but ultimately, like, God is the one who designed us. And um, I think there was a verse in Genesis that was in that Devo. Do you yeah. remember it? So, uh, yeah, it's so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Yeah. So we are created in his own image, yep. um, designed to reflect him and his character. Um, and so those things that we can tend to like lean on to create our own identity, whether it's things that other people say about us or things that we say about ourselves, those things ultimately do not define us. And he is the only one who defines us and, um, provides that sense of identity and that sense of like calling after that Mm -hmm. as well, you know? Yeah. And I think, um, you know, something I'd, I'd like to, I think we both could like attest and share too is that um, you know you coming forth to God and starting a relationship with him there's no pressure to put any emphasis on what you need to do going forward I mean there are going to be things that are required of us like the Bible says like we will need to like die to ourselves so to a life that we used to live like we're going to need to give that up but there isn't going to be a list of things to do that will put you in favor in god over right renee or over myself right. you know and even your works right and what you do doesn't identify you in god's image right it's who he says you are you know like it clearly like in genesis it says like we are created in his image we're not created in the works we do we're not created in the amount of followers we have we're not created Mm in uh how popular we are or uh we're not created in even kind of to what renee was saying about the comments and whatnot um and so you know coming to god as you are is what he's looking for because guess what moses came to god as he was and moses was far from perfect um and There are so many others that did the same exact thing. And the point that we're trying to make here is that at the end of the day, you have everything you need to start your relationship with God. You are absolutely not too far away. You are absolutely not too broken. You're absolutely not too bitter or angry or even, uh, you know, quote unquote, unqualified, you know. And so it's easier than we think. And. All it requires is a yes. Yes, I will, Lord. Yes, I will surrender this life to you. And it's it. He promises so much more in in its in its time. And I, I think one thing that I learned when I was in my my walk with God was that He doesn't need all of your time. He just needs some of your time. And through that, uh, I promise you, like you're gonna want to give Him all your time. But He it doesn't require a lot to just start transforming our hearts and our lives and the things that we used to indulge in or find, um, you know, 
pleasures and or be okay with and so um god there's so much god can do in our lives mm-hmm. and um uh you know it reminds me of the sermon from our easter service which was just a simple gospel simple relationship with god you know just saying yes to god is going to lead to so much and we don't know we we the truth is we'll never know what that looks like God is the only one who does. That's why, like, you'll always see that he is the author. He is the creator. He knows. Finding refuge in that and knowing that there is a, a living God is something that he said. Not a dead one. A living God mm-hmm. that is promised so much for us. And is not going to just say, hey, okay, like, let's do this. Start a relationship and then just bounces. It's a continuous life that he calls you to live. And a life that... In the beginning, it'll feel like I don't want this or it'll feel like I don't know how to live this. But I promise you, once he starts showing you the beauty of this world, um, well, the beauty of the world that he's calling you to live in, you're just going to want more of it. And you're going to want to keep following that and you're going to want to keep pursuing that. And through that, he softens our hearts and he gives us clarity and he gives us uh, understanding and purpose. And it's just there's so much that that is elevated in us but there's so much that is relieved from us as well mm-hmm. and so yeah I, I just i just love that story of moses and um i i just i really appreciate um just this this notion that um there are tons of men in the bible that god calls on and ultimately end up falling short and women and women too yep <laughs> sorry um and uh it just goes to show how desperately even me, even Renee need God. And, um, you know, it's just a good reminder that like God is always with that will always be enough for us. Mm. Um, so I want to read this, uh, passage, a short passage that we feel like is, um, a really grounding verse for this, um, episode. Um, so that's Ephesians two, eight through 10. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we've done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the things, the good things he planned for us long ago. So as we look back on the question that we're asking today, am I enough to start a relationship with God? What do I do if I'm feeling like I'm not enough to start a relationship with God? Um, let's look back at this passage that we started with, with Moses' story. Um, and I think we can connect it to the verse that we just read and, um, find an answer to this question. So, um, when we look at Moses, Moses had every question in the book for God. Um, when God called to him and said, like, follow me, I have something for you. I have something for you to do. Um, I have a calling for your life. Moses said, Am I qualified for that? Can I do that? Am I enough for this? And God's response to him was, I will be with you. I will be the one to do it. You're not alone. I will teach you what to say. Um, I will be the one doing the signs and the miracles that will prove that I'm real. And then in the verse that we just read in Ephesians, it tells us that the opportunity and the ability to have connection with God is not something that we are that we earned because we're good people or because we did enough good things. It's something that God is offering to us out of what he 
has done for us and what he wants for us. Um, it's a free gift of salvation. And not only that, but going forward and walking, stepping into this new life and then walking forward in obedience, that the ability, we just want to make sure that you know that God is not looking for somebody who's perfect. He's not looking for somebody who's put together and has everything, all their answers, like figured out all their questions answered. Um, and is like ready to be the perfect Christian and just do everything perfectly because, um, he wants to connect with us to show his strength and his glory through our lives. So if we come to him and we're like, Hey, we got it all worked out. We're going to be perfect at this. Where does that leave room for him to show his strength and his glory and his beauty and his plan in our lives? Um, it just, it, it doesn't, it would just be showing our own glory and our own, um, strength and our own ability to be perfect and to keep it all together. And that's not what this is about because we can't be that. And he knows that. Um, and so he just wants to love you and he wants to walk with you and show his beauty in your life. Um, so ultimately like this question, am I enough? God isn't looking for that. He's not trying to figure out if you're enough. He just wants you as you are right now and wants to show his beauty and his glory through your life. Yeah, I, I, I love that so much. Um, especially where you talked about the, this idea of, okay, like if I were to come to God feeling in my like own image of perfection, like where does that leave room for him to show us, you know, who we are? Yeah. Um, and who he is. Yeah. And who he is. It's just so beautiful. So why don't I go ahead and close this out in prayer and then we can wrap up the podcast. Father God, we just thank you so much um, for this for this time to just be with you, to get to know you more, to just learn more about those that have been in places that we have of, of doubts, of fears, of insecurities, Lord. And um, I'm just so thankful for anyone who's listening to this episode or our podcast, Lord, that um, they can hear you, not us, but you. Lord, I, I pray for those that feel far away from you that feel like they need to have a list of things completed in their life before they they can come forward and, and and start a relationship with you lord but will you just remind them that all it takes is a simple yes to start an everlasting relationship with you lord lord i i pray that this um this just blesses somebody lord somebody that may need to hear this that may be in a place uh, that is that is so far from you, um, a place of hopelessness, Lord. I, I just pray that um, that they can hear the Father that you are, that loves us unconditionally, that cares for us, that will never leave us, Lord, that that will not forsake us, Lord, that that just uh, is there through through deepest of waters, as it says in the Word, Lord. Um, Lord, we're just so thankful for you, Lord. Will you just always soften our hearts and mind to to come before you and and just continuously. Um, just live our lives through the purpose that you've given us, Lord, um, and to just follow that path that you have placed before us, Lord. Lord, I'm thankful for my wife um, that, that we could just do something like this together, Lord, and I'm just thankful that you've um, just opened this space for us, Lord. Uh, we just ask that you just bless it, um, keep us humble, and just keep us hungry for you always, Lord. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.
thank you again to everybody who has tuned in to listen to our second episode. Um, we really appreciate the support and just hope that it blessed somebody. Um, we just want to let you know that if anybody needs to talk or has any questions or wants to talk about this further, you can always reach out to us um, at our Instagram or our email. Um, Instagram is at aboveavpod and our Gmail is aboveavpodcast at gmail.com. So feel free to send any thoughts or questions or I don't know. And if anybody needs to talk, we're here as always. Um, and then one more thing, we had so many thoughts on this topic that we have actually broken it up into two parts. So this that you just listened to was part one, and we are going to be recording this week. Um, we're going to be recording part two this week and releasing it a week from today. So on Monday, April 24th, will be part two of Am I Enough, where we'll kind of dig into more of if you are a believer, if you are somebody who's walking with God and you're struggling with these feelings of Am I Enough um, or feelings of inadequacy or whatever, what we're going to talk about what that looks like on the other side of having followed God maybe for a long time or maybe you're just starting, but um, where does this question play into our lives as believers? So tune in a week from today for part two. Thank you again for joining us today. We're so happy to have you and have a good week. Hey, everybody. Microphone is down. I'm gonna I turn it up. Save with-